0: Welcome to the Jeff Knows, Inc. Entrepreneurial Podcast with your host, Jeff Lopes. Jeff has over two decades experience as a serial entrepreneur, building brands like KimuraWare from his home basement to a multi-million dollar global brand that has sold over a quarter million pairs of boxing gloves. Jeff's here to educate, guide, and drive you on the process of bringing your ideas and dreams to reality with the inspiring stories from some of the top business minds. Hey, everyone. I got to tell you about a product I've been using lately called Feedback Loop. If you're a project manager, an innovator, or even just a startup guy, whatever it is, like myself, you know it's always a struggle to make your next big idea a big hit. And let's be honest. 85% of new products always fail. And the huge reason why for failure is it's just too hard to validate that product. Get a true fit with your customers. And if you're working with old-style marketing research, you know it's too slow. Too complicated and way too expensive for a fast-moving team trying to build something great. But what if I were to tell you you could test all of your products and your product ideas to real targeted consumers whenever you want before you put all that money and time into new development? This is the main reason why startups and 500 fortune companies use feedback loop. They're looking for the feedback from their target customers early and as often as possible. Feedback Loop is hands down the best test before you invest product research platform on the market. You get to create your own tests in minutes and get feedback insights within hours of your exact target audience. And if you go now to go.feedbackloop.com forward slash Jeff, you'll get three full tests for free. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Three full tests for free. So if you want your next product to be a hit, make sure you test before you invest and launch with confidence with Feedback Loop. Feedback Loop. This episode is brought to you by the Trademark Factory. Owning trademarks is something that's close and dear to my heart. As I truly value knowing my brand's protected, I personally own 16 trademarks, and the first trademark that I registered was in 2006 for my brand Kimora Wear. What I find is a lot of individuals start a company, grow a brand, yet they never truly own the brand because they've never spent the time to register that trademark. And the worst part is, is you could spend all this time, money, and effort building your brand, only to find out you've been infringing in another company's brand, and end up losing all that time money and effort. One important fact is trademarks are a foundational investment in your business. They actually monetarily grow in value over time. As the brand grows the value of that trademark grows. If you look at a company like Nike that's worth roughly 97 billion dollars but their brand alone is worth roughly 47 billion. Think about that. This is why I partner up with the trademark factory. With a ninety nine point three percent success rate and a one time fee that covers everything from start to finish, request a free consultation call right now by the Trademark Factory Strategy Advisors just by visiting tmf. rocks slash jeff knows that's tmf. rocks slash jeff for your free consultation. Welcome to episode 174 of the Jeff Nozine Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lope. Super excited to have on today, Eric, the trainer, trainer of the stars. Sit back, everyone, and enjoy a great conversation. We are live, we are live on the Jeff Nozine Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lope. Super excited. Look at the smile. Super excited to have on to the show today, Eric, the trainer. What is up, brother?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm sure we're going to have a blast.
0: We're going to have a, a, a ton of fun, a ton of fun. So how, how old are you right now, Eric? I'm 53. So give, give me a rundown from childhood to personal training. When did the whole process start Because we're going to talk. I mean, myself and Eric, how we connected was through uh, Chef Ruch and uh, another gentleman named JT. So we've got built a little connection there, and we've met, and we got him on the show. So I'm excited about this all. I just want to learn just your background. Give me a little story of your background. Where, where how it all came to process.
1: Well, I grew up on a farm in Maine, which, by the way, is very close to Canada. Yes, you
0: know, we're yeah.
1: basically. I had a Canadian girlfriend growing up for a little while, so hubba hubba. (laughs) Canada, please. Um, And when I graduated from high school, I went to college in Connecticut, moved to New York City afterwards, and really just wanted to have fun in New York, uh, learn how to play guitar, meet beautiful girls, and not go to school. So I was offered a job in a law firm. I was offered a job in a publishing house. I was even offered a job in an executive program that would put me on the executive track for a giant clothing company. And instead, I went to a local gym in my neighborhood and I was working out and I was thinking, God, I don't know what I want to do. The woman that ran that gym was a very early incarnation of the Cougar. And I know this, but she liked me instantly and said to me, she goes, hey, you look like you have a lot on your minds. And I said, actually, I do. I just moved to New York City. You're the first person I've met. And I have to get a job, but none of the jobs that I've been offered are very high paying, nor do they interest me very much. So she was like, Why don't you work here? And I was like, I wish, I wish I could work here. I mean, I'd love, I love working out. It's so much fun, but I I I'm not a trainer. I, I don't know how to do this stuff. And I, I probably have to get a real job job. So then she said, How much are they offering you as your opening salary at these real jobs? And I showed her and she said we'll match that and we'll pay for your insurance and you'll have benefits and we'll pay for you to be trained uh, as a trainer and we'll pay for your certification. You should work here. And I was like, Oh, I was like, that's not great. And so uh, I was hired as a trainer. And even before I was a certified trainer, I was working there as one of the floor guys. So I would walk yeah. around wipe down equipment. I would spot people and I just sort of got a feel for the gym and man, I fell in love with the gym. I fell in love with the thought that here's a place where someone can walk in who's feeling like an underdog or feeling diminished or feeling embarrassed about their physique, whether they're they're too big or they're too small, go through some changes and emerge a hero. Like to me, it was one of the last magical places on earth where okay. transformation really happened. And uh, I've been a trainer for almost 30 years. I'm so happy. Like it's, it's been how, a great-
0: how, how old are you when you actually got in that gym, your first job? How old What was the age you got there?
1: You know, I, I started as a trainer around 22.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I was a full-fledged trainer by 23. And I am now 53 years old. So I've been a trainer officially for 30 years. And yet every morning that I wake up, I mean, this is, this is, it's like Groundhog's Day. It's the same thing every every morning. I'm sleeping in my bed. I open my eyes. I look, I see my wife. She is so beautiful. I'm like this ah, then I'm in the shower, getting excited to go to the gym. I'm like, ah, then I'm driving my electric car to work. No gas. Ah. And then I'm here to work with, with actors and musicians and, and celebrity chefs, anyone that's on camera or on stage, I work with to help them look and feel their best. A lot of being good looking is confidence. So it's not just physical body we work with. We do a lot of this stuff and that is, helping these artists feel terrific so they can go out and dazzle the world with whatever they want. I love it.
0: So growing up in Maine, give me, give me a little rundown. How was your childhood? Were you like into um, sports? Were you outdoors a lot?
1: Uh, I was the shortest one in my class of about 300 people, Yeah, uh, which is a huge bummer because I love girls. So yeah. all the girls I wanted to make out with looked like they could be my babysitter. I was quite slight, uh, my best friend was a guy named Chris Cooley. He still is my, one of my best friends. Yeah. He was the tallest one in the class at six foot four. I was the shortest one. I was about five, two, five, three. And yeah. this is like graduating. I mean, I, I basically had the physique of a 12 year old boy. I could get into uh, the movie theater for 12 and under when I had graduated from high school. Uh, it was it was not cool. But um, but it sort of taught me that you if you don't have physicality, you have to make up for it in other ways. So I was funny. I was on the debate team. I played. Uh, I played in the marching band. I played the cymbals. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of power to be the cymbal. I, sh- 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 I think I lost a lot of hearing. You know, <laughs> a very. Um, but I, I had a relatively happy childhood. I was in the Boy Scouts. I was on the ski patrol. My parents uh, were wonderful to us, and I have three siblings: an older sister, little brother, little sister. We're a very tight, close family to this day. We're very, we're very close. And uh, my parents basically said to me from a very young age, you can do anything you want when you grow up, like anything. Because I used to say to them, why do we live here in this frozen tundra of trees and and cold and, and antlers, you know, uh, deer and moose and uh, maple syrup and lobsters? I mean, come on. We lived on a farm. We had pigs. We had sheep. We even had a donkey. Uh, and they said, they said, you know what, Eric? When you're older. If you want to live in a place with palm trees uh, where it's warm, go right ahead. We like it here. And I was like, I will. So, <laughs> home, dude. I love, <sighs> I love it.
0: I love it. I love it. I love I, it. Your story is uh, close to home because so my son is absolutely in. in uh, in love with fitness so is my daughter both of them i mean he's i, I got my kids into fitness at he's turning 14 uh in a couple of weeks i got my kids both into fitness around six years old and awesome. when my kids get home they don't worry about video games they they fight over who could get on the treadmill like they're they're so into working out in fitness and taking care of themselves and their are dying and stuff but my son's tiny he's a short little one he's turning 14 he's like 4'11. So he's just short of his all his friends, but he's just like physically he's built like a little tank, but he, he's not growing. I'm six two. Everybody on my family side is tall. So we're like every day, we're like we, every day he's like checking his height, trying to see when he's gonna get taller. It's so funny. He keeps, and he's always like, When am I gonna get taller, Dad? When are I gonna it'll come, it'll eventually come. Cross your fingers, it'll come. But uh yeah, I could I, I can relate to that story I my son.
1: Dude, give him my number. Like he can <laughs> he can call me, I'll tell him that things work out. Now I go back to my high school reunions and all the kids that were big and physically imposing and tall, they're like short little fat people. (laughs) It's crazy. It's unbelievable. It's out, man.
0: So what was your first, I guess, interaction celebrity wise, or who who was the first quote unquote celebrity that you actually started training or working with?
1: You know, when I moved to New York City, I became a trainer. um, And after I was certified within six months, I became the most hot, high, the, the highest grossing trainer for a giant company at the time called TSI town sports international, which owns New York sports club. Now okay. you have to remember this was before crunch. This was before equinox. This is before 24 hour fitness were in New York. So New York sports club kind of had a chokehold on Manhattan and the surrounding areas. I think they had 90, I think they had 90 clubs in Manhattan alone on every corner. Yeah. And so, out of 1,500 trainers that worked for the company, I was their number one guy, and they weren't really sure why. They, they couldn't figure it out because the things that I was doing with, with my clients were not the typical things I had been trained in doing. But I realized very quickly after becoming a trainer that even though I was certified, I was not able to deliver the result that I wanted to for my clients. So my desire to change them outweighed my skill set. And it really was a very frustrating situation. So I asked my my manager at the time, who was very supportive, I said, would you mind if I ra- ran a few focus groups? Like, I'm going to train these, th- these six w- women with weights. I'm going to train these six women at a different time without weights. I'm going to do a lot of functional training with these guys. I'm going to do all traditional bodybuilding bu- with these guys. And and they said to me, point blank, in a New York way, as long as you keep on pulling in the numbers you're doing, yeah, you can of do it. F you want yeah. and so I so I did a lot of trial and error and really sort of came up with a method over five years in New York City that allowed me to create physical transformation in men and women to the highest level essentially if you think about fitness as a line graph this is the vast world of fitness I mean we're talking professional athletes we're talking nuns getting ready to go overseas to help build wells yeah. we're talking in the fitness world you can almost look at two extremes on this side well, let's call this athleticism these are professional football players professional hockey players military law enforcement these people have to be in shape for their jobs so their ability to climb over a fence or lift a dead body really matters their strength their agility as far as you can get away from those people on the other side of the spectrum that's where i live Actors, bikini models, celebrity chefs, people that are on screen or, or, or on stage who need to have the physical beauty and the personal confidence to win over and deliver their message to millions. That's what I do. So I am I am the opposite of CrossFit. Like I've, I go to big fitness conventions and they put it. They put me on a panel all the time with CrossFitters on one side, Eric, the trainer on the other. We're literally opposites.
0: I what, what, what's your mindset with CrossFit? Because I mean, there's so many different angles to it. A lot of people say it causes injuries. A lot of people look at the form, look at stuff like that. Like, where's your mindset overall with CrossFit? You know,
1: I love CrossFit because so many people love it and, yeah. and passion for it. And if they weren't doing CrossFit, maybe they wouldn't be working out. Yeah. And, and so there's some amazing physiques, especially female physiques from CrossFit. Yeah. I've seen the most devastatingly strong, confident women come out of the CrossFit crew than I've ever seen. We actually, I don't know if you know this, but we actually did some casting for Wonder Woman, for the women around Gal Gadot yeah. from the community. They literally went to the CrossFit games and had those athletes come and be in Wonder Woman. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, yeah. I, that's so cool. I mean, so I love, I love fitness as a whole. Like, if you think about the world of fitness kind of like, your wife. She might have great things about her. She might have some flaws, but the holistic way that you love her and you take her in and you hold her close to you, I embrace fitness as a whole. I love the CrossFit guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not an elitist. I love the power lifters. I love the bodybuilders. I love the martial artists. I mean, I, lo- I love even the adjacent things. You know, like the, I worked with NASCAR drivers that have to be in great shape because it's stressful to drive a car. Yeah. They're not people, but I love the fact that they embrace fitness to be better. I've worked with PGA golfers. I've worked with all kinds of people that are sort of adjacent to the traditional fitness world. Yeah. But just to be clear, my niche, my mission, my career is, number one, to help uh, celebrities, athletes, and, and chefs find a way to look and feel their best so as they give their message out, they can feel confident and look their best and also keep them there. We don't do this. Yeah, We bring them to a level and then I keep them there. But also, my focus in the last few years has shifted away from that crew to the average person. And I feel like fitness at the highest level should not just be for the elite, but it should actually be for everyone. So I'm trying to spread the word and the method to others. I've been to China and trained all the trainers in Shanghai at a giant, giant Mm -hmm. trainers academy. I've been to Japan, all over Europe, the Middle East. I'm trying to spread the word. I love it. It's so fun.
0: When, there's a, there's a few things I want to talk about, but one when you're looking when you're working with a celebrity and and you see that that yo-yo because a lot of them like you're saying about maintaining it, uh-huh. you see a lot of celebrities, um, Russell Crowe for example, up yeah. and down, up and down, a lot of them are up and down. Usually, what's your time period when you start working with a celebrity? We have time period before you need to get a machine. Is there a three month or six month? Like what, usually, what time period before the filming of the movie do you work with them? Because you like I said, Russell Crowe, I mean that guy is just. Up and down, right. balloons up, balloons down, which is is almost like the old school bodybuilding, the bulking and not. But I mean, those right. three, three, six months, whether he's getting ready for a movie to put on weight, but he they just changed drastically. So, what's your time period when you work with somebody like that? My average is 21 days. That that so it's 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 a hardcore. Like, so what, what are you looking at diet-wise? Are you into fasting? Like, what do you look diet-wise?
1: Uh well, diet-wise, it all depends on what the script says because yeah. I have act like you that come in saying, oh, I just got the biggest role of my life. I get to work out with Eric, the trainer. And I read the script and I look at them and I'm like, we need to lose 20 pounds. And they're like, I thought I was going to get in great shape. And I'm like, read the script, dude. You're a prisoner of war. I'm not going to make you look like a gladiator. We're going down. You're, you're, you're 165. Now I need to drop you to 140. And they're like, oh my God. I'm my, my, my boss is the producer in the script, not the actor. Yeah, And whatever the, the art, Demands is what I deliver, but but to answer your question on the up and down, there are tons of celebrities that go up and down, but none of those are my clients, dude. I'm yeah. like the hotel. Once you walk into this place, yeah. I'm at my now in, in Los Angeles. It's called the ETT Mecca. They call me Eric the Trainer. ETT. Yeah. They call me ETT Mecca. This is the greatest gym I've ever been to in my life, and I've been to every gym there is. It's insane. This gym was actually built and designed by the same designers that have only worked with water and fire in their careers. So if you look at the fountains at the Bellagio Hotel, yeah. you know beautiful fountains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those designers designed my gym. This is the only gym they've ever designed. It's crazy. There are no lights. We have solar tubes. There are no windows because our clients are so famous that we would have the paparazzi outside all the time. There's no membership. You can't join here. Like literally, it's it's like a vampire. It's invitation only, and once you're here, there is no membership fee. Because when I lived in New York, working for that corporation for those five years, yeah. I had noticed that there were certain things about their business practices that I did not like. I'll give you, I'll give you ten examples. Number one, the membership fee—it just kept on going up. Yeah, and I told myself, you know what? Someday, it's kind of like the Dr. Seuss book. If I ran the zoo,
0: yeah,
1: if. In the zoo, this would be different. I started compiling an actual list. I wouldn't want to work in a place with a membership fee because I think it's kind of obnoxious. So no membership fee. There's no membership here. Number okay. two, the trainers that work here, when they charge their clients $150 for a session, how much do I make from that?
0: I mean, zero. I, 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 You make zero? zero. Okay. okay. I
1: don't want money.
0: I okay. want something money can't
1: buy. I want dedication, loyalty. I want to be able to say to these guys, hey, guys, I need you on a plane to Guatemala in four hours. And you know what they always say? Yes. They always say yes. I don't hear anything from them, but yes, because I treat them with such love and respect on a daily basis. They, they're they not afraid to buy houses. They're not afraid to buy cars. Their income doesn't do this. I lateral them clients all the time. I'm like Tom Brady who doesn't throw passes. He just laterals the ball. So I keep them busy all the time. Several of our of our clients, I mean, our, our trainers right now are on tour. My my uh, the trainer that works for me here, Ivan, he's on tour right now for a month in Argentina with the Strokes. He's having the time of his life. He's literally on tour with one of the coolest rock bands in the world, working out with them wherever they go, helping select food, demanding to go to bed early, having fun, living the time of his life. He lives on the bus with them in his contract. If they stay at the Four Seasons, he stays at the Four Seasons. The crew might stay at a different hotel, but art but trainers have a, have a rider in their contract. Wh- wherever the band goes, whatever the band eats, wherever they stay, that's where they stay.
0: Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? So business model, I mean, a little history of myself, you obviously don't know me much, but um, I've been an entrepreneur for 26 years based out of Toronto, Canada here. Um, uh-huh. One of my companies, and we're going to talk about martial arts in a bit with you, but one of my companies is Camoraware. So I started Camoraware 16 years ago. It's that uh, we design, manufacture boxing martial art equipment. Uh, we deal with about 1800 gyms right across North America. So we've been doing that for 16 years and I do real estate and other stuff. But um, when you're looking at a business model, I mean, even history wise, when I was nineteen, I started a personal training business. Uh-huh. Right right out of Humber College, I was taking fitness leadership, and I started a personal training company. And I had six trainers working in-house training, and and, and then from there, I started a, a consulting company for about three four years in Ontario, a big chain of gyms, which is a guy named John used to own called Premier Health and Fitness. I implied back end systems, so you'd come in. You do your tour, you get a membership, you're forced to do a fitness evaluation test. We'd run you through, we'd try to sell you personal training and there was a whole system. So we, we did we did the backend system, which is personal training. And most of those locations, the back end would make more money than the front end. So when you're looking at a business size, um, your trainers, obviously you don't make money on them, but you do make money from the overhead because how does this all work? So you work directly with the producers and directors or you do you do work with the actors? Like who do you work with when the client comes to you and then obviously there's an overhead there, you're taking that paying the trainer, are you, are these trainers, your employees, or are they all freelancers? Like how does this all work? Business-wise?
1: Uh, my, my trainers are all freelancers. They work okay. for them. They can work 80 hours a week or they can work zero hours a week. I could care less. Okay, It's, it's manifest destiny, my friend. It's yeah. choose your own adventure. It's make your own way. But because I'm here and there are, there's a constant wellspring of clients that are coming which I can't possibly train myself yeah. all I lateral clients back and forth to, to these guys, they accept them. And all of them have apprenticed under me and learned the method that I have for physical yeah. training. But then once they've learned that, I said, make it your own. You don't okay, have cool. to be just like me. You don't have to follow the protocol. It's like being a martial artist. I have three black belts, Shotokan, Taekwondo, and Gojiru Jiu Jitsu. The latter is the most important in my life. I, I'm more of a Japanese jujitsu guy than anything else. And my the greatest martial arts instructors I ever had would teach me a method. And then after a while, like a box that you throw across the floor a thousand times, the edges get rounded and it becomes your own. And I said the same thing to these guys. They said, I'm going to teach you my secret method of transformation. Take it in. Use it on yourself. Use it on your clients. but then." Take what you want from the world, combine it, create a mongrel. Enjoy. I trust in you. It's their destiny. It's their clientele, and it works, man. I mean, the one thing we don't have here is turnover. No yeah. one that works with me ever leaves because they have the ultimate situation. They're at the best gym. Yeah. They have full uh, autonomy. They're making as much money or as little money as they want, and they constantly are given opportunities to do crazy stuff that nobody else can do. Cause I can't be
0: everywhere. Yeah. And that, and that's the biggest issue with most big boss gyms is the turnover rate for trainers. It's insane. Yeah. Any type of big box gym, the turnover rate is just like, it's always rotating, rotating. And trainers always have that mindset where they'll go to a big box gym, train a couple of clients, and then they'll quit thinking all the customers are going to go with them. And most of them don't, they end up staying there. Right. It's that, that, that mindset of everybody's going to follow me. So when, when did you open this location? Uh,
1: this location we opened almost seven years ago. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Um, I had always, since I've been out in Los Angeles, I've been in LA for 25 years. I've always run my business out of pre-existing gyms. So I'll go into a giant powerhouse or a giant gold gym and I'll rent a suite of offices and I will train my clients out of those places. They will pay a membership fee to the gym, plus they will pay my training fee. And um, if there are pieces of equipment that I need to use for my clients that are not at those gyms, I, at my own expense, I would buy that equipment and everyone can use it as long as I can use it also with my clients. And it always worked out. And then about seven years ago, something really crazy happened. And that is across the board in a uniform way, the quality of the experience of the average gym goer in Los Angeles started to sink, meaning the gyms started cutting the hours of the cleaning crew. So the gyms were a little dirtier than they had been previously. The gym started not leaving the air conditioning on on hot days. So it was a little stuffier than normal. The gym started getting a little grumpy where if someone wanted to come in for a workout with me for the first time, they would charge them some fee when I had an agreement with them that, Hey, someone that comes in the first time, the gym's rule is you can work out one time for free before you join. And yet there to see me, they wouldn't make them pay a fee. Like there suddenly became a double standard. And I really started to be, I started to become annoyed. It takes a lot to make me annoyed, but I started getting annoyed. And then the straw that broke the camel's back occurred. And that was, I got a call from Paramount. I'm hired mostly by the studios, Universal, Paramount, uh, Warner Brothers. I got a call from Paramount. They said, look, we have a woman who's going to be in the new Tom Cruise movie. We'd love for you to work with her. We're sending her over right now in a limousine. She'll be at your gym in five minutes. And I was like, awesome. I can't wait to meet her. So I was in my office waiting for this actress to arrive. She pulls up at the gym, gets out, goes into the gym and goes up to the $10 an hour front desk guy who's working his way through college and just got hired there last week. And she said, I'm here to see Eric, the trainer. And the guy looks up to her and he says, do you have a membership here? And she said, no. And he goes, well, then you can't come in. She starts to cry, gets back in the limousine, goes back to Paramount. I get a call from Paramount and they said, well, you just lost that client because She was refused entry to your gym. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. So I went and met with the owners. I said, um, you know what? I've I've decided to move on. I wish you the very best of luck. And all the equipment that I've purchased for this place, you can keep. I don't want it. You can keep it as a a sign of goodwill. I gathered my clients and uh, we opened this place up. And. When I left, I had so many clients at that gym. It was a powerhouse gym. It went out of business. Yeah, That's how many, dude, we have we have about four hundred people we train out of
0: this location. That many? How many square feet do you have there?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I can take you on a little tour
0: uh, before the end. I was going to ask you that before the I, end. Grab your phone and do a, we'll do a little tour before I the mean, end.
1: I mean, did you see Willy Wonka? This place is kind of like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It's insane. Like. Yeah. It boggles my mind that it exists. It's like seeing a two-headed horse. Like you're like, I see it, but my brain is not processing correctly. Like, dude, this is heaven. This this gym is like the manifestation of anything I would ever want in a fitness facility. That's it's like a dream come true. I mean, I'm I'm the luckiest kid from Maine you've ever met.
0: What's a guitar behind you? You play guitar, or is that a present by somebody?
1: Oh no, no. um, We train a lot of musicians that you know, including. Def Leppard, Journey, Nickelback, The Strokes, Fall Out Boy—some of them are here this morning. And so we keep several guitars with uh, in the in the office because I'll be training one of these guys, like Phil Collin from Def Leppard, who yeah. plays thousands of people with his shirt out, shirt off every single day, and he's sixty-four years old. Yeah, and like, wait a minute, and he'll run in the office and he'll start playing. He's like, that's it. And so these are sort of like—I <laughs> love like, it. But yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So when I moved, to, <laughs> I love it. When I moved to New York City, I was working in the. I was working in the gym. Yeah. And um, I loved. Here's the thing about me: I love the public,
0: yeah.
1: For, which is ironic because I work in a gym that's private. But I love the public so much. When I'm at an airport or a grocery store, I literally am like, I'm in heaven right now. And so I was. I was working in a public gym in New York City, and I started to see the regulars. Like I would recognize these guys and be like. What's up, dude? What's up? I started making up names for them. So there was this one guy who was kind of skinny with frosted hair. And I'd be like, what's up, Bon Jovi? And he's like, what's up, man? And like we had these like fun relationships, these sort of casual New York City yeah. relationships. So one day, Bon Jovi came up to me and goes, by the way, my name is Brad. It's not Bon Jovi. And uh, I just want to say that I've been watching you train clients for like six or eight months now, and I've decided I'd like to hire you as my trainer. And I said, Brad, that sounds awesome. I will never call you Bon Jovi again. And it's, uh, I can't wait to be your trainer. When can we start? And he said, well, let's start tomorrow. And uh, how much is it? And I said, well, uh, and, he, and he said, he said, uh, he interrupted me. He said, by the way, you, you call me Bon Jovi, but actually, you know what my real job is? I am the editor in chief of Guitar World magazine. It was wow. Brad, dude, Brad Talinsky is like a famous music yeah, journalist.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Was the editor in chief of Guitar World. And I said, dude, I'm from Maine. I grew up on a farm. We used to barter, like, I'll give you a sheep and you give me some hay. So why don't we barter? I will train you and you teach me how to play guitar. He said, you got a deal. So so Brad and I started working together. I would take guitar lessons at Guitar World headquarters. And I got Brad into the best shape of his life. And we became really great friends. And he's an amazing guy. But in the process of learning how to play guitar, he said, look, you don't have five or six years to sit in your bedroom like yeah. most 13-year-olds to play, so I'm going to teach you a special way to play guitar where you'll be able to play songs right away. And I was like, awesome. So that special way, I still play that way today. She taught me in a half an hour.
0: So, like, dude, if you to Los <laughs> I Angeles, love it.
1: Do you play guitar right now?
0: <laughs> no. You know what's okay. It's For Christmas, my wife had bought me... I have a, I, I have a guitar, and my wife had bought me a, a guitar lessons, and I still haven't used it. It's been about a year. I still have these lessons. Dude,
1: don't, don't use them. Come to L.A., and we'll we'll do a timer. We'll do a video. Yeah, we'll do it for thirty minutes. Within thirty minutes or less, you'll be playing every song you know. I'll teach you the secret method.
0: That's pretty crazy, dude. It's- so, so Zane, uh, Frank Zane. I mean, in the bodybuilding world, I, I read a little thing that you you worked under him. In the bodybuilding world. I mean, physique wise, I mean, he, he, one of the greatest physiques of all time. Probably one of the greatest posers of all time. How did you meet him? And was it him and his brother you were working with?
1: Uh, no, Frank Zane uh, was always the hero of mine. My yeah. two big heroes, I'm, actually, I should say, my my ultimate hero in life was Jack LaLanne. He's okay. the reason yeah. I came to California. Jack um, Lane, the juicer. Jack, Yeah, Jack LaLanne, The, the <laughs> his, So, so yeah. uh, after five years in New York City, New York Magazine had called the best of issue, best yeah. like the restaurant, the best of those. And so that year, five years later, I was the best trainer in Manhattan. According to New York Magazine, I was the best trainer in New York. I ripped out that page from the magazine and sent it to Jack LaLanne in Morro Bay, California. And I said, this means nothing to me if I can't learn from the best. He immediately got back to me and said, come out to California and I'd love to work with you. By the time I got out to California in 1996, he was already 93 years old. So I with him from age 93 to 96 he died when he was 96. so I only had three years with him but those three years were unbelievable I can show you pictures that are hanging in my in my office right here of he and I shooting TV shows together at Muscle Beach in Venice of me doing 40,000 push-ups under his direction to raise money for charity those three years were dude he had to teach me a lifetime of wisdom in three years it was unbelievable
0: that's amazing.
1: If you watch old videos of Jack Lane yeah. and you watch current videos of me, he's the closest thing I think that I, I am. I'm. My goal is to be sort of a modern day Jack Lane. I host TV shows. I love the public. I, I want to be an ambassador to reach out to the average guy in, in Ottawa or Brampton or Vancouver and say, hey, being fit is not so hard. Come with me on this journey. We'll have a great time. I'll take care of everything. And we're only going to do three things, exercise, diet, and sleep. Those three things, no weird supplements, no weird uh, exercises, no injury, no stress. You can change your life just by making a small decision. And I want to be the guide through the vast Amazon jungle of of fitness for the average guy, not just for celebrities.
0: Do, Do you have a digital platform or something where you could train in the masses right now or no?
1: Um I do. I I uh, I've hosted a TV show for the past 6 years uh which started uh with Mark Cuban from uh remember Mark Cuban from oh, yeah, Shark Of course.
0: Yeah, I, I met my met him before. Yeah, yeah, I had Shark yeah. Tank and Dallas Mavericks. Yeah.
1: Right. So Mark Cuban called me uh 7 years ago and said we want you to be our Jack Velain. I have a network called Axis TV. Do you know Axis the network? Yeah, Access
0: yeah, we, I don't think we get it here in Canada, do we?
1: I I don't know. I'm not Canadian.
0: But uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm Canadian. People, people meet me and they're like, are you Canadian? You have a Canadian accent. And I was like,
0: <laughs> like a boot. I, I, anyway.
1: anyway, so, um, so celebrity sweat started on Mark Cuban's network. Then it jumped to spike TV. We were on spike for yeah. a while. Then it jumped to discovery health. We were there for a while. And then for a couple of years, it was on Amazon. When Amazon started to rise in popularity, I was on Amazon, Amazon prime video and Delta airlines picked up my show. And we were in flight on Delta for three years. And a couple of those months, we beat all the other shows. We were the most watched show on Delta in flight.
0: That's pretty amazing. Is it still up and running?
1: Uh, I resigned from the show because it was a great experience. I was ready for the next incarnation. And I'm currently under contract shooting a brand new show that is launching in June, which I'm so excited about. They want me to shoot 10 full episodes before it launches so people can binge watch it and then it'll be one a week, one a week, one a week. One, so, one,
0: one network. Are we allowed to say? I'm not allowed to say dude, but it's going to be so good. You're going to go crazy. It's so good. I'm Once a week. Dude, so you know, it's not Amazon. You know, it's not Netflix. Netflix will be all dude, in one. So once a week is either prime or Apple.
1: dude. All, <laughs> all I can say is this, a producer group from the television world came yeah. to see me right after COVID. And they said, if we gave you $100 million and a green light, show us the show that you would do. So I mapped out the show, my dream show that I would do. And they said, great, we'll do it. And that was it. And I said, what's the budget for the show? What's the budget per episode? And they said, nothing. The budget is whatever you want to do. If you can pull it off, we'll do it. And I was like, ow, ow. So we've shot five episodes. They're insane. I'm gonna go to uh, Miami on the 21st of April and shoot another four down there, and then we're coming back and we're shooting a Hawaiian episode, and then we're gonna launch in June, dude. It's
0: it's a crazy thing. What what's I don't know if you even tell anything, but is is it all workout based? Is it more? Is it you can't even say anything? Yeah,
1: it's there's no workout involved at all.
0: Is it a contest? Is it like a reality show?
1: It's. uh, Have you ever seen Conan O'Brien's talk show? Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, Jimmy Fallon, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon? Of course, yeah. You've seen Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, of course. It's it's that kind of show. It's a celebrity talk show that will make every single one of the guys that I just mentioned feel antiquated. Because when you watch those shows, there's Jimmy Fallon sitting behind a desk, just like Johnny Carson used to. Yeah, 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 of course. Just like Johnny Carson used to, welcoming his next guest, who comes on and sits on a couch just like Johnny Carson used to? So we we essentially took that medium and we updated it to make it more energetic, more personal, and far more interesting. So each episode will have a celebrity interview. Like for example, I'll just I'll just give you an example. Uh, by the way, the name of the show is Between Two Biceps. Because dude, always I'm always between two biceps. Literally, like I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, oh shit, I'm between two biceps, no matter what. So so uh the show will open like, hey, it's Eric Trainer. Welcome back to Between Two Biceps. Today's special guest is an incredible actor you've seen in all of your favorite movies. I call him Georgie Porgy Puddin Pie, you call him George Clooney. Come on out, George. And George Clooney comes out. Dude, they built me a set. Like, you know, like when you watch Jimmy Fallon? yeah, yeah. yeah. Chatsworth, I have a set. So he comes out. I give him a hug. He sits down. I'm not sitting at a desk, dude. I'm sitting in a chair, and he's sitting next to me. So there's a little bit more intimacy. Intimacy, Yeah, familiarity. We start talking, and we're having a great conversation. Just by the way that we're talking, you can tell that we're friends. This yeah. is not like, oh, how are things going with you? Like, dude, watch those shows. Oh, anyway. So we're talking, talking, talking. We talk for like three or four minutes about whatever we're talking about, and he'll say some random sentence like. You know, Eric, at home, my wife does most of the cooking. And I turn to the camera. Break, they call it breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. And I say, George claims that at home, his wife does most of the cooking. But I wasn't sure that was true. Look what we did yesterday. Bam. It takes you to an adventure, dude. An adventure that we shot yesterday that we already did, pre-edited, and already done. George and I walk up to Spago. We meet Wolfgang Puck. We give Wolfgang Puck a hug. We go in the kitchen, dude. Now we're making pasta. We're making spaghetti. I love
0: it. I love it. I love it.
1: George is like, we're having fun. We're joking around. We're having fun. George is like, this is great. And when he does that, all of the pasta we're making falls on the floor. We're like, holy crap. Then George reaches down and eats some of the pasta. He eats the spaghetti off the floor. Wolfgang and I are like, holy moly, this is insane. He's like, don't worry about it. And we're, we're having this crazy adventure. Then that lasts for three or four minutes. Boom, we're back in the studio. I turn to George. I say, George, I can't believe that yesterday you ate spaghetti off the floor in front of Wolfgang Wolf Puck. He turns to me and goes, Eric, you know what's funny? When my wife makes me a sandwich at home, sometimes I'll put it on the floor first and then eat it. I find that things that fall on the floor taste better. I mean, he's totally crazy. So it's more fun. And every single celebrity interview has an adventure. And the adventure is up to the clients, is up to the celebrity. So for example, Nickelback, one of your favorite Canadian bands, I said to those guys, I said, hey guys, I know you're coming on the show, what adventure would you like? And they said, you know what? We'd like to have an adventure in Miami with the SWAT team doing some crazy thing. What they don't know is I trained the Miami SWAT team. I've trained them for years. I'm great friends with them. As a matter of fact, the head of the Miami SWAT team, a guy named Dexter Fletcher, very very famous guy, is retiring on the twenty second of April. They're having a giant retirement gala for him, yeah. and I'm I'm actually going to attend because that's how close I am with those guys. So anyway, so I said, great, no problem. So on the twenty third of April of, of this you know month, yeah. I'm going to be in Miami with Nickelback. We're going to be rappelling out of police helicopters. Onto gunboats and flying around Miami.
0: That's the adventure they want. Anything you can think of, we can do. So you've recorded five of them. So we have—you have you have five more. Um, you already have all your celebrities lined up already for the last five?
1: Dude, I have enough celebrities lined up where I can do this for years. One That's, a week.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it.
1: If you look at the world of entertainment,
0: yeah. movies,
1: television. If you look at the world of music of any kind. If you look at the world of martial arts. At the highest level, UFC and Bellator, no one has relationships like I do in those three categories.
0: I love We're it. I love it.
1: Guests, we have everyone from from uh, Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy to Nickelback to the cast of uh 1883 to the cast of Cobra Kai. Like, dude, we've already shot these. Like, like, wait till you see this show. I'm so excited to share it with people.
0: My my son loved. I mean, we actually it's funny you're saying that Cobra Kai. We actually watched it as a as a family, all the episodes. I mean, I grew up to I grew up to it, and my my son, uh, my son and my daughter loved it, loved it. So we watched all of it as uh, together as a family. So I love that. Uh, yeah, very very cool. Very very well, very cool. Season
1: five has been done for a while. Season yeah. five is, and season six is about to get shot.
0: Very very cool. So it, when's the re- when's when's the plan release date? You said June. June. So using you you still can't tell say what uh, what station picked up, huh?
1: Dude, do I have to give away everything on your show? Come on, man. You are so funny.
0: Chef Rush. When did you meet Chef Rush? Let's talk about that quickly.
1: All I can say is this. There's going to be a publicity blitz around between two biceps. I mean, I'm going to morning America. Good day, LA. Good morning, New York. People Magazine. Us. It's going to be everywhere. Like if you live under a rock, you'll hear about it. It's going to be it's going to be fantastic.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, your energy is very infectious. So, I mean, it's, it. you know, it's going to be amazing. So Chef Rush, when did you meet him? How did you meet him? What's the story behind that?
1: There's a great story in how I met Chef Rush. Um, I got a call from the producer of the show I was hosting at the time, which is called Celebrity Sweat. They're, they were based out of Chicago. And they said, Eric, um, we really want to do an episode with the, with the White House chef. He's gaining some popularity because he's such, he's so into fitness uh, we're going to send you to DC to go to the white house and cook with him there. And uh, it should be really great. And I said, okay, that sounds fine. I didn't think anything of it. Um, and then I, then I kind of backtracked. I said, wait, wait, the white house chef is into fitness. I'm I'm imagining someone that looks like chef boy RD an old white guy in a big hat. And they're like, they're like, yeah, he's kind of like Dwayne Johnson, but bigger. And I was like, what? Like what? Like I, I couldn't even fathom. Like I didn't, I thought yeah. I misheard. So we fly to D.C. with the camera crew. We're all set to shoot at the White House, which I think it was a Thursday night. And Friday morning, we wake up early to go to the White House. And there is an advisory on my phone saying, unfortunately, all appointments at the White House today have been canceled. There's some urgent matter that prevents anyone from coming without high security clearance. Basically, your shoot is canceled and we were so disappointed because we had come all the way from LA to DC just to shoot with the White House chef. So we reached out to him personally. His name is Andre Rush, Chef Andre Rush. And and I said, "Hey, it's Eric the trainer. I'm the host of the show. I know we haven't met yet, but we were supposed to shoot together. Um I'm so sorry that we won't be able to do it." And he goes, "Don't worry, man." He said, "Why don't you just come to my house? I live right outside of DC in a beautiful area, and we'll cook in my kitchen and it'll be great." And I was like, "Okay." And he sends me the address. And so the camera crew and I go to his house, beautiful, uh, beautiful area outside of D.C. He comes out. The guy has a million dollars smile. Yeah, he looks like he kind of looks like the Hulk if he was a handsome man. Like I'm, <laughs> if the Hulk was actually like a really mm. handsome guy, his his physique is so incredible that I almost as a trainer not as a not as a guy but as a trainer i almost couldn't fathom or understand the magnitude of beautiful mus- muscular maturity and size and yet there wasn't it wasn't grotesque it was handsome like if, if you get close to these professional bodybuilders yeah. it's impressive but you would never call it handsome this guy looked like a movie star who was overly muscular because he was from another planet like this yeah. guy is one in a million and then he smiled, and I literally went blind because I didn't have sunglasses on, and I didn't realize he would have such a dazzling smile. So <laughs> we, became, instantly, we I gave him a big hug. We went into his house. He had a beautiful kitchen. He cooked on camera for us, explaining along the way. I was with uh, Billy Blanks, the Tybo guy. So yeah, Billy, yeah. So it was me, Billy Blanks, and Chef Rush. We we filmed the segment. It was awesome. And by the end, I was like, this guy's a genius. I ate the food. It was absolutely delicious I said to him dude what what what's in this it's so good like is that chicken or steak he said that's vegan I was I was so shocked he had made the most delicious vegan food I've ever had now keep in mind that really matters because I've spent the last three years off and on on tour with Def Leppard and I live on the on the bus with Phil Collin. he's been a vegan for 30 years I've eaten a lot of vegan food and it's not my favorite at all and so For me to eat this delicious food that happened to be vegan, I was like, this is like, why didn't I know about this when Def Leppard was around? You could have helped us with some real seasoning and some spices. And I mean, it was really good. Anyway, when the shoot was over, the cameras were off. I said to him, chef, you're the kind of guy that we love. And I know this is a very forward thing because we just met, but you should really consider moving to Los Angeles and working with us because hearing your mission in your career of changing the world helping kids, helping people in the military, doing things for charity. That's the phase of career that I'm at, too. I've been over to the Middle East twice as a volunteer training the American troops. It's been like the, the honor of my career. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm on a mission to help the world. And, and I would love to have a guy like you join me in that mission, along with all the other cool guys that we have out here. We're almost like a super friends of do-gooders. Like, we're just yeah. here. To, we don't want anything in return. We're trying to make the world a better place. He said, to my great surprise, you know what? DC has become very negative in recent years. I think I'll come with you. And he flew back with us, dude. And he took one look at the ETT mecca. He took one look at the U.S. heavyweight sumo champion. He took one look at the guys from Def Leppard and Nickelback, and he saw a commonality between all of us, despite what we did in different verticals. You know, one's a musician, one's a trainer, one's a sumo wrestler. We all had something in common, and that was. We tried to lead with our hearts and help other people expecting nothing in return. And he moved out here. He took a leave of absence and he lives out here and he trains here every single day. He was here this morning. We had the greatest time this morning. I mean, he's one of my best- That's crazy. How many years ago was this? This was probably four years ago because since then he and I have traveled around the world together. We've worked out in Budapest. We've worked out in Japan. Like we've been around the world. And with his book coming out April nineteenth, which is yeah. going to be everywhere, I'm so excited for him. This is going to be a big year for him. And he and I have a deal where anytime he calls me to ask for anything, the answer is yes before he even says it, and vice versa. So we team up on a lot of projects. Our most recent project we did was with the NFL. They have a, a charity arm. Uh, you know, the NFL is a billion dollar organization. Yeah, but part of the NFL is a charity arm. And this year they're doing a women's initiative called root her on like root her on. And it's about keeping girls in gym class in junior high school and high school. And so we've signed on to be spokespeople for that effort and to recruit powerful, amazing, successful women who will support these girls staying active and healthy in their lives.
0: Look at you guys. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's, it's two powerhouses, right? I mean, exactly what you said with chef rush is, is is smiles infectious like when he we just hit it off right off the bat like he's he's gonna be in toronto in, in a little bit and uh and uh we we're already planning to meet up and all that i mean such a such a good dude and and obviously the same with you you're you're infectious your smile your energy is crazy crazy how long have you been married for
1: um i've been i've been dating the woman that i'm involved okay. with well first of all we've been best friends for 15 years yeah We've been dating for seven and we've been married for almost three. And the only reason we were only been married for three years is because we were actually going to have a massive wedding during the pandemic. And it was hard to do. Yeah. Uh, her family is all Japanese from the West Coast. My family is all from the East Coast. Uh, her family are scientists and mathematicians. My family are crazy artists. So the blend is nuts. Like she, <laughs> polar opposites, but she's my muse. Every day when I look at her, I know I can do anything because i have the love of that woman she's also my best friend and uh amazing i love her. i live a happy life
0: amazing 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 i'm gonna ask you one last question then we're gonna just let you um kind of just let our audience know how to get a hold of you how to follow you and all that stuff legacy wise if something were to happen to you today in a few words how would you want to be remembered described by your loved ones you know um
1: my dream would be to remember to be remembered as a guy that tried to help other people, to, for a guy who pushed the boundaries of what fitness really was, who helped uh, shape a new way of looking at the gym and utilizing the things within a gym to transform the body. The notion of creating art, the body is art, mm-hmm. uh, which Frank Zane really began and perfected. Um, so using fitness as a tool to transform the body, having nothing to do with being in shape, Like, for example, I'm strong by mistake. I don't try to be strong. I mean, I warm up with the 50s. Then I go up to the 75s or 85s. And then I'll do sets with 120 or 130 per hand of dumbbells. But I'm not doing it to be strong. I'm doing it to sculpt my body. So if Tarzan and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had a kid, he would look kind of like me. And I just want you to know that I love my job. I love my son. I've got a son that I'm so proud of. Who's a musician? He's 24 years old. His music inspires me so much. And uh, it'll be on some of his music will be used on my new show. And uh he's so talented, man. I taught him everything I knew about music when he was about eight, eight years old. And he was like, I got it from here, dad. And he just got better and better and better. Like me, he loves to work out. Like me, he has a black belt in martial arts. Um, and I'm just really proud to be a dad. I love being a father. And uh dude, do a I plug love-
0: for him. What's his name on social media to follow him and stuff?
1: Uh, his name is Henry Fleischman. My real last name is Fleischman. Yeah. Uh, my Eric Fleischman. Uh, although if you went up to any celebrity and said, I know Eric Fleischman, they'd be like, who the hell is that? <laughs> but same celebrity, I know Eric the trainer, they'd be like, he's my trainer. So uh, I'm kind of yeah. like kind of like share or sting in that way. Like I, I have a stage name that everyone calls me. But um but as as if I were to pass away today, I would want people to remember me with a smile not be sad because I try to give, uh, everything from here and not from here. And, okay. and I love, what I do, I would do this for free. Like, I love it. I'm, I'm a really lucky guy.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. How could our audience get a hold of you?
1: Um, I'm on social media at Eric, the trainer, all of my accounts are verified. So you'll see a blue check. So it's really me. And I do answer most of the emails and text messages and letters that I get. And, uh, That's the way sometimes I meet some of my best friends. I I meet them through social media. We end up in the same city at the same time. And uh, we've got great relationships. So feel free to reach out. I'm here to help. You can almost divide the fitness world into two categories. There are guys over here who are quite impressive. And they're like, be like me. Eat the things that I eat. Work out like me. And they're very impressive. And then the other half, that's where I live. I say to you seven words. What can I do for you? Today, I'm here to help you. That's the difference. It's not about me. It's my ability to help someone else become incredible beyond what they thought they could do. That's my mission in life.
0: Amazing, 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 amazing. This has been awesome, brother. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have you on. I would love to have you on after the show goes live, so we could talk about it a bit more. So maybe in a couple months we'll get you back on. And uh, yeah, this is awesome. Between the biceps, let's go. i love it thank you man you're the best that's a wrap for today i want to thank our guest eric for taking time his busy schedule to be a guest on the jeff nosing podcast if you guys enjoy this podcast like i have like all weeks, tell your friends tell your family help spread the word we're trying to build something special here leave a review five stars would be absolutely amazing until next week guys keep moving forward